Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. It's time for JT The Brick. The business I chose. That is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT the Brick. I don't have notes. I'm lying. I just, it's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact guys who are going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. Oh, that sounds like a Bobby open. Bobby's got the new opens and I'm hearing them for the first time too. We are Brought to you by Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The box combo. One love. Raisin Cane's proud partner of the show. And we thank you for listening today. Jason Horowitz will join us coming up here. The voice of the Raiders. Also, Vinny Bonsignor. Later this hour, you'll hear my interview. It'll be for television. The Silver and Black show we played on Friday here on Raider Nation Radio with Josh McDaniels. We were not able to talk about Chandler Jones. It was a topic off the table, which... Again, I could have sat there and opened up, let's talk, and he could have said, no, we didn't do it that way. It's the in-house show, the in-house interview. We talked about everything else. Chandler Jones, it's a private matter. The Raiders are not talking about it on the record, in public now. No, no, And Chandler Jones being on social media is different. So I'm not going to sit here and kind of speculate on what's going on. I think a lot of Raider fans have the right to, as your season ticket holders, and you're paying for the product. And one of the best players on the team is not going to be available, most likely, for this game in Denver. We don't know what's going to happen coming forward. And we'll find out when they let us know. And a lot of the insiders are knocking on the door of the Raiders asking for clarity on this. And there is not clarity because it seems like it is a delicate, and that's my words, not the Raiders' words, a delicate, delicate private matter. And that's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because uh, Chandler Jones has had a great career. A very good career, and I don't know if he's played his last snap with the Raiders or not. But this is a situation, as you look at Vic Tafer, who will join us tomorrow. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us coming up here, and I'll ask him about it because that's Vinny's job is to ask the coaches and to be in the front row of the press conferences here. And I think they're going to tell us the same thing. It's a private matter. There's nothing new to add. And that's unfortunate because I don't think this is something that's going to derail derail the team. I think it's next man up. That's Malcolm Kuntz. That's Tyree Wilson. Uh, They're going to have a rotation anyway. The Raiders are going to have a deep rotation at the defensive line, at the defensive tackle position, but if there is no Chandler Jones, next man up. Do your job. Get to the quarterback. Control the edge. Don't jump off sides. Everybody's been prepared for this. If they're called to come in and play, They're professional football players. They'll step up. He's a professional broadcaster, the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. Hello, Jason. 
I am not. I am just a guy out there having fun with everybody else. Well, thank you, thank you for letting me keep your seat warm on radio as you're a big TV hotshot with Matt Millen and Rich Gannon. Uh, take me behind the scenes of that. It looked like fun. We played a lot of your play-by-play calls being in the booth with those two legends. It was great. Did I, I don't know that I shared this with you, and frankly, I had forgotten about this. But my senior year of college, so I was looking back through some pictures the other day with my wife, and, and I found uh, a picture of Matt and I from the 2004 Hall of Fame induction in Canton when Barry Sanders was going in and Matt was the GM of the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I was there as a senior in college uh, uh, covering it because we had some recent Syracuse grads who were on the Broncos and the, I don't remember who they were playing against, and we were covering it. And I have a picture on the field of me with a really bad shirt and tie combination. And a very, very young-looking Matt Millen. And I sent it to him, and he's like, why are you making me feel so old? And I said back, dude, I think I'm the one who looks like I've aged a little bit. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It was awesome to work with those guys. It is. It really and, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned it. We had Matt on this week. You know, once a Raider, always a Raider conversation we do weekly here. And, you know, the 16 losses in a row, the 0-16 and the Millen Man March, and you were there for that, and you remember that, and, People look at him in that position, which he did not thrive at, but he's one of the greatest NFL broadcasters of all time. He was known as Baby Madden when he came in. I just heard him do the Illinois game. You know, my wife went to Illinois. We watched that game this weekend. And as a broadcaster, he's elite. He was an elite football player. And as a GM, it didn't work out, and it did not bother him long term. He's in the mill. He's building benches and cabinets and shows up at Raider events. And he goes on with his life as a legendary player and broadcaster. That's what I love about yeah. him. Honestly, I, di- I didn't know Matt at all uh, until last year when I when I got the opportunity to work with the Raiders and meet him really for the first time. And you know, I've had friends and colleagues who have worked with him at Big Ten Network and, and other mm. NFL broadcasts. And people always speak glowingly about Matt and how much film he likes and how much enjoyable he is to be around. Uh, and I think people realize that when you know he was sick and he mm. had his and he had his procedure and there yeah. were so many people talking about how much they liked him and all that stuff. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the GM perspective because growing up in Detroit, um, I had uh, that was probably my first year in college when he took over. And you're right. He's not thought of as someone who was successful in that position. He drafted some really good players. He's the one who drafted Calvin Johnson, among others. Um, but, but he didn't have a ton of success there. And, and, and you know, we, he and I have had conversations about what went well, what didn't go well, how it was like to interact with people and all those things. But I – as, as someone who has sat with him the last couple of years in, in, in this position, um, I enjoy him so much. I really do. And I, and I hope we get to work together for a long time um, in any capacity because he just, he's really a straight shooter. He is. He's you know, a guy who's got, I want to say he's one of 11 or 12 kids growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania. He is a hardworking, blue-collar, enjoyable person to be around. And, and obviously Raider Nation loves him for everything he too. Yes, Jason Horowitz is our guest. Let's get to the game. I think Russell Wilson's going to run a lot. That's my angle. I think Russell Wilson <laughs> is going to take off. He's going to take off when he sees a hole. And he's going to run. He's going to run away from Max, run away from Tyree. I think that's going to be his crutch in this game. A lot of pressure for him in the offseason from Sean Payton. He'll hit the deep ball. He'll make a play outside the pocket on third and 15. He's Russell Wilson. He's elite when he's playing at his best. But as you looked at the tape and looked back at the numbers last year, what a disaster. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's not a great head coach, but he was a hell of a play caller for Aaron Rodgers, and it looked like he couldn't get the play in on time, and Russell Wilson was afraid to run the plays. Yeah, I, I, a couple of things. Number one is Jerry Judy healthy. Right, uh, you know the, the the Broncos only have four active receivers on their fifty-three man roster, 
Um, Jerry Judy's one of those four, and he's dealing with a hamstring injury mm-hmm. that he suffered heading into their last preseason game in practice that week. So, look, they're, they're going to call up a receiver from the practice squad no matter what. I think that's expected. Um, and maybe our friend Philip Dorsett, who, who's on their practice squad, or, or Lil Jordan Humphrey, a guy who um, has had some time with the Ravens among the Patriots as well. So, so they'll have another guy. Um, Russell Wilson last year had his worst statistical year, and we all know that. And, and against the Raiders, he, he completed a very high percentage of passes, but he also wasn't very good, particularly in the second game. You know, the first game he wasn't bad, um, but he took three sacks, and they had, you know, they got behind in the game, and, you know, then the Melvin Gordon fumble happened. But in the second game, he was bad, and it was kind of how it was throughout most of the year, even though he had a high percentage of passes. Um, so I, I think the Judy question is the first one. And then the Russell Wilson, look, they went out and they tried to get a better offensive line. They had injuries all across the board last year. Garrett Bowles was out most of the season. Lloyd Cushenberry, their starting center, was out second half of the year. They had injuries on the right side where they went and got Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco and paid him a lot of money. They paid Ben Powers a lot of money from Baltimore to be their new starting left guard. So if the line is as good as they hope it is, that then makes Russell Wilson a little bit better, you would think. The question is, can, can the Raiders' new secondary hold up against whoever they're going against, Cortland Sutton and then whoever else? Yeah, I want to get into that with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders, the new secondary. One of the guys that uh, people aren't talking much about because Jacorian Bennett and Marcus Peters and Epps coming in from Philadelphia is a guy who's been here in Nate Hobbs. This is a big game for Hobbs for me. He's got to stay on the field. He's got to be in the slot. He's got to be active. He's got to be a disruptor. And he's got to elevate his game, Jason. I think the two players... And I won't say bullseye on their back because they're, they're NFL players, but they got to get to the next level. It's Trayvon Merrig and Nate Hobbs. I don't think either one of them had great years last year. They did average at best, and they were kept by this administration. I think it's time for them to ball up. Let's start yeah. with Nate Hobbs before Merrig, and what do you expect to see? Can I, can I add one more to sure. that list, uh, JT, mm-hmm. from that same draft class? And I don't think he's getting a ton of attention um, because of multiple reasons. Number one is Max Crosby, and number two is Tyree Wilson. But, um, you know, with this Chandler Jones situation, and who knows what's going to happen with that or really what the, what the base of that is, uh, this is a big opportunity for Malcolm Kuntz. And he's sure. part of that draft class, too. And, you know, he's a guy that was drafted before Nate Hobbs and hasn't really been on the field for a ton of defensive snaps in the first two years, and he's going to be this year, at least going into the season, that seems to be the case. And I think he's got an opportunity to flash. So, so no question when you've got your starting slot corner who last year played outside and your starting safety um, from that class in their third years, there's no question that those guys have to take that next step. And I, and I think there's reason to believe they will. Um, they are everything that's been said about Trayvon and his work ethic and how much Marcus Epps has helped, everything that's been talked about with Marcus Peters and now adding Jacorian Bennett to the corner room with other veterans. Um, you got got to assume that just going to help Nate Hobbs as well, putting him back in the slot where he was pretty successful as a rookie. So all those things, there's no question that those guys have to have good years. But the Demarcus Peters part of all this, JT, mm-hmm. is I think the most important part because that is a pro bowler who, you know, I, I don't know if Marcus is a Hall of Famer or not, but Marcus, nobody's had more takeaways in the last eight years than him. Yeah. And that includes two years ago when he missed the whole season and last year when he only had one interception. And that says a lot about how many takeaways he's had in the six years before that. So I think, I think Marcus has something in store for this year. I hope he does um, because he's at a place that, as he has said since he got signed, he has always wanted to be. And so I think there's something extra with that. 
Jason Horowitz, as we wrap it up. So what I love about your job now that you get to do this with this group, Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to call the first ever Jimmy Garoppolo completion touchdown. There's a chance when they break the huddle, Josh is going to be single set. Devontae out far left. Jacoby Myers inside. Hunter in the other slot. Trey Tucker far right. And Michael Mayer in a tight end. Oh, my God. You're going to be able yeah. to call that play. And I'm telling you, knowing the Patriots and watching all their years, there's going to be someone wide open because Devontae's going to be doubled, and there might be someone in the box because Josh is there, single set. I mean, am I wrong to say someone should be flying wide open on a crossing route here? You can't guard all these guys. No, certainly not. And and so I did a, I did a segment for this week's preview show uh, with Amber Theo Harris, and they asked me for a matchup to watch. And I think – you know, to your point, I think a lot of people are going to focus on Devontae because you're going to see Patrick Sertan. He's an all-pro corner and a young guy, and Devontae is the best in the NFL. And um, You know, Devontae had that amazing finisher in Denver last year. Like, But but their other corner is a young, unproven guy. Damari Mathis is a second-year pro, and he's going to be the starter opposite. Their starting nickel, Kaywan Williams, um, is going to be out for a while. He's on IR to start the year. So they've got a young guy in Isang Bassey who's going to be their starting nickel, unless they go with a couple of safeties in uh, Kareem Jackson and, and um, Caden Stern. So, like, to your point, Jacoby Myers was one of the most coveted ride receivers in this particular class, and it was to be a legitimate 1B or number 2 guy opposite Devontae. And so if you're getting a corner uh, who is not quite as good as the others, and a nickel for Hunter that is not – like, there's great opportunity for those guys to have massive games. And also, let's not forget about the fact that Josh Jacobs in the last six when they've won all of them has rushed for over 720 yards. So there's a lot to really like for this offense, and it really stems from the fact that we get a first opportunity to see what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like and the reason they went out and got him. Well, you, and, yeah. if, and if it is better in the red zone than it was in past years under Derek Carr – this offense is going to fly. Well, that's why he was brought in. Derek was a really good player. He's got to be better in the red zone. He'll be judged for that. So you're going to be happy. Your first two games are on the road, which could be the two coldest games of the year. We just had an insider from Denver say it's hot and warm, and it's going to be gorgeous in Buffalo, most likely no snow. So those could have been two games for you in late November, December at Buffalo, at Denver. You get two road games in a warm environment. You looking forward to that? Of course. Yeah. Everyone thinks everyone thinks Buffalo and they think warm environment. That's what I think. Yeah. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. What, what, what's this 115 degrees? I got to be honest, JT. Right? So everyone knows I live in New Jersey mm-hmm. and grew up in Michigan. Today was the first day of school here. September 7th Ooh. is the first day of school, which A is too late. But B, it is 96 degrees here, JT. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell me global warming's not a thing. Well, I love I love when summer doesn't end in New York. We would train. I grew up in Long Island, and everybody said, "Well, it's September, Labor Day, the summer's over." And they were kind of right because it would rain and then it would start getting colder. You know that doesn't happen here in Vegas, but take advantage of that. It sounds like some pool weather for you the next couple of days. Well, yeah, the, the tan will be great in the Mile High for you. Remember, though, pools out east get shut down on Labor Day, so they aren't <laughs> open anymore. <laughs> Safe travels. We look forward to doing this every two weeks with you. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you. Soon. All right, that's Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders. Cool to talk to him. Real good guy. He's going to be great on the call with Lincoln Kennedy. I enjoyed being the play-by-play radio guy the preseason. It was a tremendous honor. So a lot of fun there as we continue. Phones are pretty wide open the rest of the way. If you want to get through tomorrow, 
my interview with Josh McDaniels, a portion of our conversation of Raiders Roundtable with Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln is unbelievable on Raiders Roundtable. Raiders Roundtable, I host it. Lincoln is a rock star in it. He I mean he takes off the gloves. You'll hear a portion of that tomorrow. Mike in Staten Italy. Mikey, what's happening? Give us give us a game you're betting on that we can bet on with you. Okay, first thing is, uh, JT, I always told you the first week in the NFL is the roughest week. So I'm basically I'm making three bets this weekend. I got the over tonight, 53-and-a-half. It's going to be 85 degrees in Kansas City, no wind. I think Kansas City's defense is going to be down. Detroit has a, Detroit has a great offensive line. I think it goes up and down. I say it's a coin flip. So 53-and-a-half uh, over tonight. I'm, I'm just betting two games. I'm not betting big JT. I'm only going to bet. Uh, I'm only going to bet two units on each. I'm going to take the Jets plus the point and a half on Monday night, and I'm going to JT. We've been talking about it for three weeks now. It's down to three and a half. I got the Raiders plus four against Denver. I'm praying that this, that this thing with Jones doesn't affect the team uh, out of nowhere. We can't. Uh, you know, this reminds me of uh, the, the Super Bowl. When when our center goes AWOL, I, I I just don't understand the timing. Uh, we put all our eggs in to get now our uh, defense better. He had a monster second half of the season, JT. I'm just hoping that we're going to see how good of a coach he is. That if he can round up the team, we're going to see how good of a leader Crosby is. We're, and I know he's a great leader. We gotta we gotta play defense. We gotta put them on their heels. I think one or two bad runs early for Denver, they're going to say nothing's changed and, and, the, and the Raiders could roll on this. JT, here's my bet. I love the Raiders to make the playoffs. You could bet you get plus 400 if you think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. And now here's the crazy bet. You bet $100 to win $1,500 if you think somehow the, the Raiders could win that division. That's what I got going into week. So you're one. saying you bet a hundred to win four hundred, Raiders make the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, I mean, look, Kansas City is probably going to win the division, but if you think the Raiders can win the wild card, that's good value there. And you love the Raiders over six and a half, right? You got a big ticket on that. Yeah, yes, uh, a very big ticket. You know that that's one of my best bets. Uh, I just look at their offense, and I could match their offense. With anybody else in the division, in the AFC, forget the NFC. There's only two or three teams with a good offense there. But I put the rate and the defense from everything we've been looking at, the speed, the speed of the defense, the, the defensive line, how it got upgraded. You know, we just got to, mm-hmm. like, any, like any other team, we need the help. Six and a half games, we played Denver great. We, we split all the time with the Chargers. Let's steal one against the Chiefs. Then we got, hey, everybody's saying the AFC East are powerhouses. Let, let's see how that, that plays out. Okay. The, 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 the Jets, the Patriots, you know, the, uh, the let's Bills. see how that plays out. Okay. Uh, six and a half. There's 17 games now, JT. You're telling me you don't think that this team with a few breaks last year and we hold the lead and we're a better team this year. We should have 10 wins last year with yeah. double-digit wins. And that'll never – we have a motivated Jacob. Got it. We have more depth behind them. We have a. Uh, I love the idea. Mikey, you rally. Mikey, I got to run. You got it all in. You're unbelievable. Thank you. He, he would have went on another 30 minutes. He's got such good information. I wish the show sounded, Jarrett, like that more. I wish more people, again, called in the show on any show I do, any platform, with a bet and telling us what they're betting. I don't know why more people don't tell us. Mike didn't move the line. 
in that phone call. The line didn't go Raiders plus three and a half to plus three because he called us. I want more people to call in who are gamblers, not degenerate gamblers, real gamblers who have a pick. Give us your pick. Why are you hiding it? You're not, you're not Billy Walters. You're not moving the line. You're not betting 10000 on it. If you, if you got 100 bucks on a game and you love the game, tell us. We're a family here. Be a part of it. Tell us your best bet. We got to do something like that. We're trying to do it. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at JT the Brick. Oh, Modelo. I got the new Modelo boombox. Oh, my God. I got to tell you about this boombox. I'm going to take down my music in my backyard because I got the new Modelo boombox. Wait till I tell you about this. Music changing my life. Can't wait to tell you about Modelo, the fighting spirit. Welcome back to the JT the Brick Show. Brought to you by Modelo Especial, the new number one beer in the U.S. Wilson stands up straight. Now he leans towards the line, gets the snap. Raiders bring a blitz. He takes up off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby with the sack as he races over to the far sideline. His eighth sack of the season. Now back to the JT The Brick Show, and it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Well, we talked to Vinny year-round, but now it's his first appearance as the season starts, and we bring in the great insider for the Raiders, also the work he does here on the morning show, fantastic, in the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So, Vinny, the obvious one, I interviewed the coach today. We did not touch on Chandler Jones because it's a private matter. You were asking questions on that private matter yesterday. Has anything changed? Uh, no, it hasn't. Uh, Chandler Jones was not at practice, was not here uh, today with the Raiders. Um, that was uh, as expected. Obviously, um, his status for Sunday is in, uh, is in doubt at this point. Um, very rare that a player misses, you know, two practices in the week, the main practices, uh, and goes out there and play on Sunday. So I would have to imagine that the Raiders uh, are planning for uh, playing a football game against the Denver Broncos, their season opener, without number 55. And, uh, you know, obviously it changes the dynamics, it changes the uh, equation. Uh, but being in the locker room and being around uh, the team the last couple of days, uh, I don't feel like uh, they're in any mood to let whatever's going on with Chandler uh, affect how they play on Sunday. Uh, I think this is a very focused team, a very determined team, uh, and ready to go get after it uh, in Denver on Sunday. Uh, and then it, it literally is, as the cliche says, uh, the next man up. That figures to be Malcolm Koontz and Tyree Wilson, kind of a combination of those, those two young players. Uh, and, and they understand that they have to step up. And, Vinny, we don't know what's going on in this personal matter, obviously. It seems very concerning is the word I use. Just unfortunate. Chandler's been a hell of a player in this league for a long time. He played well at the end of the year last year, and I like the way, I like his style of play. It's very unfortunate these, these circumstances showed up the week before the first game at Mile High. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and uh, as, as people have reached out to me, heck, even talking to family members, you know, doing this for as long as I have, sometimes life uh, has a schedule of its own. So while uh, the timing, you know, from a, from a football perspective uh, can't be, you know, uh, couldn't be any worse, you know, for, for the Raiders, um, sometimes life takes precedence over, you know, uh, over that. Uh, and obviously whatever Chandler's 
uh, dealing with, uh, everybody is hoping that, that, that he's okay. You know, his teammates mm-hmm. uh, expressed that sentiment yesterday in the locker room, and I'm sure will uh, today as well. Uh, but at the same time, uh, and while this might seem, seem you know, somewhat callous, uh, but the fact is, in every industry and in, in, in every walk of life, um, the show goes on. And uh, you can't let, as a player, what's happening with one of your teammates or what's happening with one of your coworkers affect your performance. And I think that's been the message uh, throughout the locker room uh, expressed by the coaching staff uh, and then the leaders on the team, you know, Max Crosby and Devontae Adams and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, there can be concern for Chandler Jones, obviously, and, and, and you know, uh, wanting him, wanting the best for him, but then also putting your hat on and, and understanding there's a job to do and, and getting focused on that. Vinny Monsignor is our guest. So you mentioned Koontz and Tyree Wilson. Sean Payton is aware of this. My key to the game is stopping Russell Wilson in the running game. I think he's going to run a lot. I think he's lean. I think he worked out with his speed in the offseason. And if the pass rush is there for the Raiders, instead of him waiting for Jerry Judy to develop deep downfield, who most likely won't play, I just think he's going to tuck and run out of bounds 6, 9, 12 yards if he can get it. Do you think the Raiders are equipped? from what you saw this offseason at practice and in the preseason to stop the running game of a quarterback? Yeah, um, you know, I think that the Raiders linebackers, one of their strengths is going to be uh, against the run game. Uh, I think a guy like Tyree Wilson, when he's out there, he's such a massive human being, um, you know, that, that setting the edge is something that I think that uh, he's going to, you know, be proficient at, you know, from the, from the, from the get-go. Uh, you've got physical cornerbacks and Nate Hobbs and Marcus Peters and, Physical safeties and Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrig, uh, the rookie Jacorian Bennett over there uh, as, as another cornerback, good run stoppers uh, along the defensive line. But no, I, I know this, you know, having covered the Rams for the years that I did and covering them against, um, you know, Russell Wilson, one of the keys to playing against a Russell Wilson is being disciplined with your rushes. Uh, you don't necessarily want to rush him out of the pocket so then he starts making plays uh, with the uh, w- with his legs. What you want to do is kind of build a fence around him um, and kind of squeeze that fence and so that it, it, it encloses around him without losing containment of him. That's when he really hurts you. Uh, so it'll be on young pass rushers like Tyree and Malcolm Kuntz, veteran pass rushers uh, like, like uh, you know, obviously Max Crosby and, and, and Jerry Tillery and the guys that the Raiders have on that defensive line to be able to rush and put pressure on Russell Wilson, but do it in a very disciplined manner. Vinny Bonsignor, Vinny B's our guest. When I talked to Coach today about the game plan and what they do, Devontae's had a monster game. Last year he ran away from a double team and, and had a closeout touchdown. There's no way that Denver isn't prepared for that now with Patrick Sertan. That had to be the one thing that kept him up at night. The best young with Sauce Gardner elite outside defender in football in the secondary getting burned, and that's the type of burn that just doesn't go away. You see that highlight with Devontae the rest of his life. So what do you think they're going to try to do with Devontae? Because the Raiders got Trey Tucker who could take off the top. I'd like to see him run a bunch of go routes deep and take one of those safeties with him. Maybe that deters the double team of Devontae. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about that. There's also, uh, if, if if the, if the uh, Broncos want to roll coverage toward him, which I'm sure they're going to do, um, then that opens up things for guys like Austin Hooper and Michael Mayer. And don't forget about Jacoby Myers and mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro. And you just mentioned Trey Tucker. Uh, I would expect that they're going to take some deep shots uh, with Trey. 
But at the same time, you know, if, if, if the safety's rolling uh, alongside Devontae Adams, you can attack the middle of the field and, and underneath the field uh, ahead of Devontae Adams and those two defenders that he's carrying with him and be able to uh, really eat up yards uh, in that way. This one thing that I really like about this Raiders defense, or excuse me, offense so far, seeing them in, in training camp and in, and in the preseason, I think there's so many different ways, as opposed to last year, especially when Darren Waller wasn't available and Hunter Renfro uh, got hurt and went through the injuries that he did. When you look at this Raiders offense, there's so many different ways uh, that, that Josh McDaniels and, and Nick Lombardi can carve up opposing defenses through some mismatches and, and wherever coverage and wherever defensive focus is going to take away a player uh, or two. They have so many more options to turn to uh, that I think it's going to be really dicey for opposing defenses to focus singularly uh, on somebody and uh, create room for a bunch of other guys to offer. And we haven't even mentioned you know, Josh Jacobs, whether it's in the run game or, as he showed last year, uh, improvement in the pass game. Uh, again, I think if they protect Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and obviously a lot of this is predicated on his health, uh, but there's, there's so many different ways that the Raiders can attack offensively. Uh, and I'm curious to see, finally, uh, what that all looks like on Sunday against Denver. Hey, Vinny, as we wrap it up, I think Denver's going to want to run the ball, too. Sean Payton's back, so really good out of the backfield catching the ball and running the ball when they have to. We always think of Drew Brees. Drew Brees threw it a lot. He definitely did. He was a throwing quarterback, loved to throw all the time. But Sean Payton doesn't have this offense up and running yet, especially without Jerry Judy and never calling a game. He's never called a game yet for Russell Wilson. So am I wrong to say that the Raiders really better hope that their defensive tackles, that rotation that you and I talked about this offseason, Byron Young, what they have up front, some of the bigger guys who come off the field in a rotation, they do their job and stop and plug the hole up the middle uh, because we don't know what's going to happen without Chandler Jones in a running game on the outside. But these defensive tackles are going to be tested in this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if you're the Denver Broncos and you just mentioned Jerry Judy probably not going to play, um, there really isn't much behind him in terms of you know the wide receivers. Uh, you look at that depth chart and you're like, okay, where are they going to – where do they go with the ball? Um, you know, and, and there's not a whole lot of options right now that are known uh, options. That can change throughout the course of the season. But as we approach Sunday, uh, there re- it really feels like uh, there's a dearth of athletic ability. There's a dearth of speed, um, you know, and, and uh, players that can put fear uh, in, in your heart. So uh, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to overcome that. And one of the ways, is, is, as you said, is try to control the line of scrimmage, try to control – the clock and, and really utilize that run game, which um, that puts an onus on, on the Raiders to, to respond to it. Uh, but I do think, again, with those linebackers, Spillane and Luke Masterson and, and Divine Diablo and, 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 and that defensive line, uh, I think they're going to be up to that challenge. And then it's going to put it into the hands of a Russell Wilson. And, and here's the one thing I know from experience. Um, don't get into a close game with Russell Wilson so that you're handing it to him with two minutes left so he could go work his magic. He's just not a guy you want to deal with uh, on that level. So for the Raiders, uh, you know, and I think that they've got the talent edge in this game and they've got the experience edge and just too many weapons offensively, uh, it, it, it behooves them to get out to a, to a lead, hold that lead, so that when it gets down to the fourth quarter, you're not putting it in the hands uh, of a Russell Wilson in a close game. Because I don't care where Russell Wilson is, you know, in terms of his age, in terms of anything like that, when he gets that opportunity, he's the guy that usually seizes it. So uh, the Raiders need to steer clear of that. 
All right, Vinny, uh, tell us about Tequila, your partners, the Raider Nation. They come into town. They're in Vegas to watch road games. Where can they find you, Tequila, and catch you when you come back for home games? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when, when, you know, in a couple of weeks when uh, the Raiders do kick it off over at, uh, over at Allegiant Stadium, September 23rd, we'll be at Red Tails uh, over at Resorts World. That's where the big uh, kickoff party is going to be and, and, and all our rallies throughout the course of the season. Red Tails at the Resort World starting around 6 o'clock. Uh, if you're here uh, in town, um, the Flight Club over at the Venetian uh, or uh, the Count Room Speakeasy over at the Flamingo, those are both places that have partnered up with those condos. Just tell them Vinny B sent you, and you get hooked up with great food specials and drink specials. Uh, and keep in mind, a couple weeks from now, uh, the Red Tail over at uh, over at Resorts World. That's one of our partners, too, at Resorts World, so that's easy for us to promote and help out along the way. Appreciate it, Vinny. Safe travels. You got it. Take care. All right, Vinny Bonsignor and Vinny trying to add to this Chandler Jones scenario and what's going to happen there with him and again most likely not going to be a part of this game plan i'm not going to say most likely not part of the team i have no idea no idea but i think we're going to get some clarity pretty quick here all right when we come back my super bowl pick oh did you hear that i do it every year i'm going to try it out because i'm going to do it tonight on youtube so i'm going to fly through my division winners my playoff teams and who I have in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Buckle up. It's coming next. Thanks to Resorts World, proud partner of our show. Third down and five on the 25. Wilson back to pass. Crosby in his face. Grabs Wilson around the shoulders and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game. Does a strut. And the Raiders defense gets a stop on third down. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Local 872, your workforce solution. JT, and it's time for what I do every year, my Super Bowl preview show. Uh, the little backstory on this, years ago I worked with a gentleman, he shall remain nameless, who kept changing a Super Bowl pick when the playoffs started. And I said, no, you can't do that. You have to start before the season begins with your Super Bowl pick. Because then anybody can change their pick. Quarterback can get knocked out for the year, week six, and you say, well, I want to change my pick. No, you got to stick with your pick. So I've done this every year. I've gotten it right three times in the last nine years, which is harder than you think. I got the Russell Wilson Super Bowl that he won. I got the Peyton Manning Denver Super Bowl. And I did get a Patriots Super Bowl with Brady. I only picked one of those. But it's hard to do. The last two years, I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, and I was wrong. So I put my name on it. Again, uh, this is just my opinion of who's going to make the playoffs. A disclaimer, working for the Raiders, I don't pick Raiders wins and losses. Part of my deal, you can understand that if you understand gambling or any other perspective there. So let's get that off the table there. Here's what I got. I'm going to start in the NFC well, last year, Philadelphia went to the Super Bowl, and they were a dominant team. Jalen Hurts jumped in. He played at the highest level, and I was right on him. I nailed him. He was great in Oklahoma, unbelievable. I love the character of him, everything about him. But, you know, he fumbled in the Super Bowl without getting hit. He fumbled in the Super Bowl without getting hit, and that lost the game. So he's got to have a chip on his shoulder here. Uh, last year, Philadelphia went 14-3. and I said because of their November schedule alone, go Google it, they will not win the NFC. 
That is shocking news for many. I have Philly going from 14-3 and to 11-6. and Philadelphia will win the wild card. In that division, the Dallas Cowboys. I was just in Dallas. I watched them in the preseason. I think Dallas is loaded. I think it's one of the best rosters they've had since their Troy Aikman years. Now, the problem is Dak. And eventually, I think Dak is not going to be the reason they lose. Mike McCarthy will call the plays. I think that'll settle Dak down. Uh, Dak's got to go down and lower his interception ratio. I think he'll do that. They said goodbye to Zeke, but Pollard gets rewarded on the franchise tag. I love Dallas's defense. And look, Philadelphia's offensive line and Dallas's offensive line, if you combined them, every player would go to the Pro Bowl and be an All-Pro, and the backups would be Pro Bowlers. So Philly and Dallas have almost equal offensive lines. I just like Dallas's defense with the stability. Philly's lost a couple of players. I got the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East. Uh, they went 12-5 and last year. I have the Cowboys 13-4. and The Dallas Cowboys home playoff game, home playoff game, Dallas wins the NFC East. We go to the north where Minnesota went 13-4 and and they lost to the Giants in their first game. Kirk Cousins played unbelievable all year. Remember with the gold chain and flexing, he had a lot of fun. And he's a nice guy if you saw quarterbacks, really nice guy. When he loses games, he reads baby books to his kids. I'd be in the bar. I'd be pounding Modellos if I lost a playoff game. He goes in and takes his kids and gives them a bath and reads baby books. Is you going to win a championship with him? I like Minnesota. They got a good roster. I think they take a step back. They won 13. I got Minnesota going 11-6. and six. They still win the division. And that brings me to Detroit. I think Detroit and Dan Campbell, I mean, no one can name anybody on Detroit. Jared Goff and who? Anybody know any other players there? Then why do you love Detroit so much? You love Dan Campbell because he's all muscled out. Look at these right here. He's all muscled out and he's walking into a room and he gravitates. They got good players. Hutchinson off the edge is a good player, but they're not, they don't have the roster of Dallas, Philly, and the 49ers. But I'm giving Detroit the benefit of the doubt. Detroit, double-digit wins. Detroit, the wild card at 10-7. and seven. New Orleans, Derek Carr takes over a 7-10 and 10 team. Perfect scenario in a bad division. I have New Orleans winning the division 10-7. and seven. They get a home playoff game. Don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs, but I have New Orleans the only team in that division. Brings me out west when we got news where the 49ers decided to give Nick Bosa $122.5 million because they don't have to pay Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy. San Francisco went 13-4 and last year. I just lose, have them losing one more game. 49ers 12-5, arguably a great roster, maybe the best in football. Seattle 9-8. and Now this is the tough thing. Who's the last wild card for me? How about the Giants? I like the Giants. I like Seattle a little bit better because of their draft last year. I'd like to see the Giants go after that third team in the East, but I'm going to go show respect. I didn't last year for Geno. I have Seattle at 10-7. and seven. Those are the playoff teams. Dallas, Philly, Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, San Francisco, and Seattle. Let's go to the AFC, where the AFC is absolutely loaded. Loaded. And again, disclaimer, can't pick the Raiders as an employee, but I'll tell you, I like the Raiders this year. Better than the season win total. They're better than they were last year. It's important. I start with who I think is going to the playoffs. Buffalo last year was my Super Bowl pick at 13-3. and I still think they're loaded. I still think they have everything they need. I don't like the Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. I think there is something there. 
Wink, wink, there is something there. I have Buffalo winning the East at 12-4. and That brings me to Miami and the Jets. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to buy into Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to buy into Aaron Rodgers. The Jets were 7-10. and 10. Play like a Jet. I have the Jets going 10-7. and 7. Miami, 9-8 and 8 from last year with Tua. I cannot back Tua. I just don't have enough confidence. I'm not predicting an injury. I would never do that. I love the playmakers in Miami. I love their secondary. I think they're going to get beat up in the division. I think it's going to come down to the last game of the year. I give the Jets the wild card at 10-7. and seven. Last year, Cincinnati went 12-4. and four. This year, Joe Burrow didn't play again in the preseason. He got banged up. 12-4, uh, and four, I think, will be good enough to come back this year, be one less game. I got them 11-5. That's respect to Cincinnati, who I think is a beatable team. Cincinnati, very well coached, good team. Uh, they can play in all different types of weather. In that division, I'm going to take Baltimore, who went 10-7 and last year. I'm going to give them 10-7 and again. Okay, Lamar Jackson could win 11 or 12. A lot of people picking Baltimore to be a Super Bowl team. I'm not, but I'm going to put them in the playoffs as a wild card team. That brings me to the South where Jacksonville is an unbelievable team. They have arrived with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. They got six wide at wide receiver. They can run the ball. Jacksonville went 9-8 and eight on the campaign last year, went in and won a playoff game. I'll take the Jags up a game to 10-7. and seven. The Jaguars win the South. And that takes me to the AFC West. Kansas City went 14 and 3. I don't think they're going to be that good. I got them at 12 and 5. That's respect. That's respect for a team that has dominated this sport. And I don't want to see Kansas City win. I actively root against them. But I got Kansas City dropping two games. Kansas City wins the West at 12 and 5. And again, the Chargers, I think the Chargers will be one game better. Chargers are good. Hate to say it, Chargers were 10-7. and seven. I think they're an 11-win team. I really do. I think the Chargers are at the pace where the Chargers should be one game better. I mean, come on. They got Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. Williams is healthy. Their receivers, Keenan Allen, Derwin James. They added well in the draft. They're an improved team. Now, again, would I like to see the Raiders knock them out? And could they? Yeah, if the Raiders get hot. But the disclaimer here, Chargers there. So I gave you my AFC. And my NFC, I'm not go. Uh, I'm not going to go each round of the playoffs. We don't know where the game's going to be. I'm just going to cut to the chase. In the NFC Championship game, it'll be played in Arlington, Texas, and the Dallas Cowboys will have home field against the San Francisco 49ers and Nick Bosa. It'll be a ground attack game. It'll be a fierce game. Two coaches, Mike McCarthy, going up against Kyle Shanahan. I have the Dallas Cowboys beating the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, 28-27. Dallas advances to the Super Bowl. In the AFC, oh, this is a tough one because I want to go Buffalo one more time, but I can't. I'm dying to go Buffalo. And I'm thinking that I'm really believing that Baltimore could be the sleeper team, come in via the wild card, and beat everybody else there. I'm not going to pick Jacksonville to get to the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to pick the Chargers and Kansas City because I really don't think the Chargers and Kansas City are going to go to the Super Bowl. As much as I root against them, I think that one of them could. I think the Chargers and Kansas City have the ability to do it, but I don't have them going. After a lot of thought here, I'm going to go uh, for my AFC pick. I'm going to go Cincinnati over Buffalo. 
Again, we get the taste. We had the appetizer. Now we get the entree again. I'm sorry, Buffalo. I picked you to go this far, but you'll have to go through Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati in this game is going to win it. They can win it in Buffalo. They can win it in Cincinnati. That pains me. That'll bring Cincinnati to Las Vegas, Nevada, taking on America's team. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry's had a lot to do with Vegas. Had a lot to do with Vegas. He's a Vegas guy. My Super Bowl pick, the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals 31-24 to for the first time in over a decade on the JT The Brick platforms. I am picking the Dallas Cowboys as Super Bowl champions. Bet with your wallet, not with your head. Just had fun? That's my picks. Could it be the Eagles and Buffalo? Of course. Could it be Kansas City going up against, you know, a power team in the NFC like the 49ers? Of course it could be. But that's where I'm going. I'm going there. That is my Super Bowl pick again. And you'll see these platforms on YouTube. Appreciate if you would subscribe to my new YouTube page. It's in my bio there at Twitter, at JT the Brick and We'll get into it here. I don't like the cow. I'm not a cowboy fan. I grew up a giant fan. I rooted against the Cowboys my whole life. I love the Raiders. I'm a Raiders guy, Raider fan, season ticket holder. Uh, I would love to pick the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. I can't do that as I'm wearing the silver and black in their studio. But what I what I think with my Super Bowl picks, I'm normally in the ballpark. I'm normally in the ballpark, but it's just tough to do. And hopefully this spurs you to try to give yourself a Super Bowl pick. Try it. Try it at the bar with your buddies as you're throwing back a Modelo and say, who do you got in the Super Bowl? You know what most people say? I I don't know. Why do I have to pick now? What do you mean why do you got to pick now? The season starts now. You know, we don't give you seven weeks to warm up here. So that is my Super Bowl pick. Dak Prescott over Joe Burrow, the Dallas Cowboys, are your Super Bowl champions. All right. Let me press on my, let me press stop record. I'm new to all this, man. I'm new to all this as I'm trying to put up some videos and do all that. So that's where we're at. And uh, I hope you had fun with that as we gave you a Super Bowl pick, which is not as easy as you would think. Q is coming up. Q's had a big week in Bristol. Can't wait to hear more about it. And you'll get the opportunity to talk to Q as we are right on the verge of the big game coming up here. Raiders at Denver tomorrow. Another big show. My conversation, big conversation with Josh McDaniels, first one of the year, and Lincoln Kennedy. We're going to be busy tomorrow getting you ready for the game. Have an unbelievable night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.